the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Everybody out of the pool. You may have noticed that it was kind of hot out there today. Pretty good day to go swimming. I got a call from a guy today uh, on my way in, actually, just a little while ago, who was wondering what's happening at the local swimming pools. Uh, Some of them are closed. I'm not sure if all the county pools are closed in Allegheny County, but at least uh, one is, uh, the South Park Wave Pool. And it's not because of an extension of the COVID-19 stupidity. By the way, you don't have to wear a mask in the pool today, I guess. But it's, it's definitely a result of government stupidity. I was told by somebody at Allegheny County offices that the reason the pools are not open is because they haven't, are you ready, been able to hire enough lifeguards. And why do you suppose they haven't been able to hire enough lifeguards? Do you think maybe it's because they're doing better on unemployment than they would be sitting in a 90-degree chair? A chair that's probably 120 degrees by the time you're sitting there long enough. Which brings us to what the big guy said on Friday. He actually whispered it when he was asked about businesses having trouble finding employees and whether it was related to the money that the government was still handing out. He said, pay them more. It was pretty pathetic, actually, meaning that businesses should have no trouble overcoming the hundreds of dollars in free money that's being handed to people uh, by the government, which, of course, it's stealing. Uh, the, the, the government is taking it from you and taking it from me. That's the only way it gets money. So if it's giving money to somebody, it has to be taking it from somebody else. And if you're working and out at your regular job, they're, they're taking it from you. He said uh, that this money that they're getting gives them leverage But isn't it interesting that Allegheny County, run by Democrats uh, who love Joe Biden and love big government and love government handouts, is not able to provide a service that taxpayers pay for because of Joe Biden's stupidity? Actually, it's not all Joe Biden's stupidity. I don't know if any of it's up to him. He's just doing what they tell him. But it's because of the stupidity from the government. It's one thing for idiotic politicians like Biden to pander for votes by giving away free stuff, but it's quite another when we've reached the point that the government is actually contributing to unemployment and contributing to putting good businesses out of business. Not that Allegheny County is a good business, uh, but uh, they're going to stay in business no matter what, right? So do you suppose that the irony is lost on the people in Allegheny County government? I'm going to say yeah. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk to one of the most important authors in the United States on the subject of race. That would be Charles Murray. He has a new book out, and he says we have reached the point of no return because of identity politics. Stick around. By now, you've all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. They're made in the USA, and for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium My Pillows for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium My Pillow for twenty nine ninety eight. That's regularly sixty nine ninety eight. That's a forty dollar savings. Kings are only five dollars more. All My Pillow products come with a ten year warranty and a sixty day money back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. You will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG. 800-716-8087, promo code STAG. Have you heard? Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19-related disruptions have caused abnormal behaviour in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with Plug-In Pest Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. 
Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-In Pest Free goes to work, keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair dinkum. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code PEN. That's gopestfree.com, promo code P-E-N. Go pestfree.com promo code pen. Don't spray and regret plug in and forget. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine and it's green so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and $10 coupon using code PETS. That's $10 coupon using code PETS. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950, much cheaper than replacing your carpets. 2021 is the perfect time to add a healthy new habit to your daily wellness routine. Good nasal hygiene. We all know there's bad stuff in the air, allergens, bacteria, viruses, and that some of it's very dangerous. So what can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can clean your nose with Navage. Your nose is the body's air filter, and with Navage, you help your body defend itself by flushing out the crud and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it has over 40,000 online reviews, averaging 4.7 stars. Join millions of Navage users to relieve congestion and allergies, breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Let 2021 be the year you start cleaning your nose with Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Navage. Warning. Listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, you've reached the point where supposedly intelligent people, some of whom uh, might be teaching your children, uh, are saying that math is racist. It's a pretty good chance that we've uh, jumped the shark on that subject, or somebody has jumped the shark. Charles Murray is the author of important groundbreaking books on the subject of racism, including The Bell Curve and Losing Ground. His new book is called Facing Reality, Two Truths About Race in America, and he joins us now. Charles, thanks for being here. It's my pleasure. So what are the, uh, the two truths about race in America, and how well-known or unknown are they? Well, let me just say first, why did I feel it necessary to talk about the two truths at all? Okay. And the answer is that last summer, uh, when I watched the reaction to the riots and the protests, I was hearing the mainstream media say it's systemic racism, buying into that narrative, lock, stock, and barrel, without any qualifications. And I said to myself, no, there, there are reasons why policing is different in uh, low-income black neighborhoods than it is in white suburbs. There's a reason why Google doesn't have as many senior black managers as uh, people think it should have. And they both have to do with the two truths. And the two truths are, first, violent crime is much higher, or you know, multiple times higher in low-income black neighborhoods than it is in white neighborhoods. And the, the environment police face in those neighborhoods is different. It's much more dangerous, requires different policing techniques as a matter of professional, responsible uh, police officers. Uh, with regard to the second truth, there are different means and distributions of cognitive ability in Asians, Latinos, Blacks, and Whites. Now, John, i got to stop here and say different means doesn't say that the races are sorted into different bins, Okay. Millions of blacks are smarter than millions of whites, but there's a difference in means, and that has consequences for the number of people who are eligible for 
high-level jobs at Google, uh, and, and that is reflected in reality. So I'm saying systemic racism, no. Racism is still an issue in American life, but it's not systemic, and we've got to quit talking that way. Well, what, what about the argument that is made that, that what you just uh, described, what the differences in, have, in how police have to police in uh, different neighborhoods, uh, if when they tell you that, well, that's the reason that, that it is different in the in the uh, black neighborhoods is because of systemic racism. And what you're seeing in those neighborhoods is the result of systemic racism. Well, I would say to him, how is it systemically racist if the numbers of calls to 9-11 from black families who are being victimized or black individuals being victimized are many times the number of calls that come into the police for a white neighborhood. Are we to say that those 9-11 calls by black victims are indications of racism? Or is it more plausible to say they're indications of criminality? And the police need to get there to do the job that police are supposed to do to help not rich white folks in the suburbs, but to help the blacks who are being victimized by these people. Yeah, I, I agree with you uh, on that, but but I get I hear the argument all the time that whatever what you're saying is 100 percent true, but they still can f- fall back on the claim that the reason that the cry, that there are more 911 calls from blacks is because of the hundreds hundreds of years I guess hundreds of years of systemic racism that has created well, the neighborhood that you're describing. You know, in, in the book, I explicitly say on the second paragraph of the first page so that nobody can miss it, I am not going to talk about causes. It doesn't mean that causes aren't important. But, but just imagine this, John. Suppose that there was a way that we knew we could really lower black crime, and in five years, the situation would be much better than it is now. That's great. If, if we can find those ways, let's implement them. That does not make any difference to the problem facing a black uh, black or white police officer who is in a black neighborhood today. So that when we see differences in policing in black neighborhoods today, uh, that is what we have to use to analyze, are we looking now at systemic racism or not? Now, if the causes can be shown to be that 150 years ago, uh, a person had a, a uh, ancestor who was a slave, I'm not arguing that that evidence is invalid, although I would like to see it, but but I am saying it's irrelevant to the, the situation that we face right now. And why do you think we've reached the point of no return? Well, because the, the allegations of systemic racism really say this, that it is not only okay to treat people as groups, but it is compulsory that the state the government should use its power to prefer one group over another, in this case, to make up for past wrongs. John, that is 180 degrees opposite from the ideal on which this country was founded. For people my age, we can remember when it used to be called the American Creed, and it's drawn from the Declaration of Independence. In the United States, you're not going to be judged, or you shouldn't be judged, by who your parents were, or what your religion is, or uh, whether you're poor or rich, you are supposed to be judged for what you as an individual bring to the table. What number one is, has the United States always lived up to that? No, it hasn't. What number two, have we done an incredible job of making progress toward that ideal? Yes. And that's why we were a magnet for uh, immigrants in the 19th century and the 20th century who want to come to this country for the opportunities it affords. If, if we buy the systemic racism argument, we toss that fundamental American ideal out the window. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, on Friday, I think it was, uh, Dennis Prager, who does a show on this network um, from 12 to 3, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with him, um, he uh, wrote a piece where he said that Kamala Harris should be at the border if, if what they believe is if they believe what they're saying is true, that the country is, um, is it's all about systemic racism and it's a terrible place for people of color, shouldn't Kamala Harris be at the border warning people of color not to come here? And, and he said the only thing you can take from the fact that they are not down there doing that is that they don't believe what they're saying. 
Which I've been thinking well, for a long time. Yeah, and here's something else. I am absolutely confident that if you could get an honest poll, and getting people to talk honestly about race and issues like this is really tough, I am confident that 90% of black Americans and Latino Americans uh, still believe in colorblind as the ideal. They don't think the word colorblind is racist speech. Uh, they, they believe in the melting pot as an ideal. We have a few prominent black intellectuals and public intellectuals who are making the case, and politicians, who are making the case for systemic racism. And they are pretty much drowning out everybody else. That should we should be able to counter that. We should be able to say no, it's just not true. And actually, one of the reasons I wrote this book, a chief reason I wrote this book, is to try to make it easier for people to say that out loud. Because right now, the New York Times, the Washington Post, CBS, NBC, ABC, PBS, you name it, they are all parroting. The, the narrative of systemic racism uncritically. And we've got to we've got to get the message through. It's just empirically wrong. And, and what is the, the the harm that is that is done eventually by so many people signing on to that narrative and selling it hard? Well, I'll tell you the real danger, John, is that you have an awful lot of whites who are not part of the elite who are being told that they're evil, bad people, that they're responsible for the problems of people of color, and they better get their act together or else. And there are an uncounted number of white Americans who have not behaved as racists, are, are not racists, who are saying, oh, come on, I've had it. And if, if blacks and Latinos can play the identity politics card, well, white's an identity too, and we'll just play that game. If that happens, if whites start to say, we'll deal with political issues uh, as whites defining us before anything else, then essentially America is down the tubes as, as a special place, as an experiment that was spectacularly successful. We're going to be just another country where you grab power, you use the power once you got it to benefit your friends, punish your enemies. That's not the way it's supposed to be. It's been getting that way increasingly for years. And unless we do something, it's, gonna, it's going to win. We're talking to Charles Murray. He's the author of uh, Facing Reality, Two Truths About Race in America. So what you just described there is pretty scary. Um, and it, it's always surprising to me that, I mean, I don't agree with much of anything that Joe Biden and the people who voted for him and support him say, but... I don't think they're inherently stupid. Uh, so should I assign what they're doing to stupidity or cynicism or um, opportunism? Why do they? Uh, why do smart people not know what you just said? Which seems they, pretty obvious. They, they 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 look at the polls. They look at the uh, the, the way the tide is flowing. A number of politicians who courageously take a stand against a popular. Uh, theme in the media is it's a very small number who do that and the popular theme in the media now is that we're systemically racist, it's our fault we've got to do something about it and Joe Biden's uh, statements on that and opinions on that will change in tandem with the evidence that that's an unpopular message but that, that, that message that's an unpopular I mean the finding that it's an unpopular message is going to have to come I think, from more than just whites. I think it's got to also be black voices and Latino voices saying, this is a great country. We've come here, we've done very well. We've done very well because we were given a chance to prove ourselves as individuals. These others are wrong. You don't manufacture that kind of pushback, which we need. You simply, because I don't have any bad answers. <laughs> All I can say is, look, I can write books. And I can write a book saying to my fellow Americans, if you believe this is true, that it's a great country based on treating people as individuals, start saying it out loud. Don't be silent in the face of, of these hectoring voices that tell you that to be colorblind is racist. 
And so what they're actually selling is that the American creed uh, no longer exists or never was never was a uh, legitimate creed in the first place. And it's over. With. Actually, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a cover for racism. Racism. The, the 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 narrative of the systemic racism is that the country really began in sixteen nineteen when the first slaves were brought over, and that the Declaration of Independence and all the rest of that was just a part of a very elaborate system of oppression, and that it was never a serious thing that we were going to try to beat the land of the free. Uh, it, it's it's a crazy ahistorical statement. It is not a matter of political opinion. Very serious historians have looked at the 1619 Project that got so much publicity from the New York Times and said, no, as a matter of history, this is just plain wrong. And I'm hoping that the number of voices from many kinds of people saying this is just wrong will increase. Yeah, what are the differences in, in you mentioned uh, cognitive ability, um, and is it possible... I know you you actually did discuss it already, but is it is it is it possible to discuss it without being canceled? Well, it is if you're seventy eight years old, as I am. Yeah, uh, and 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 but be a thirty five year old could not write about this mm-hmm. because he's not going to get tenure if he does. And and if you're thirty five years old and you are. You are making a name for yourself uh, as, a, as a young public intellectual. You'll get canceled. Uh, one of the things that I was thinking about as I decided whether to write the book at all was I'm one of the few people that's in a position to do this. My career is not going to get ruined. My career is what it is. And, uh, and I, I don't have the same problems that a young parent with kids that have to be put through college and all that sort of thing has. So... You're right. You talk about differences in cognitive ability, and you are bound to be called a racist and uh, super, uh, you know, pseudoscientist and all the rest of that. But it doesn't have any effect on my situation. That's not. That's one of the one of the advantages of being old. I, I'm uh, not too much, uh, not too far behind you in age. Um, so you, uh, the book you wrote, uh, I think it was 1994. It was almost 30 years ago. The bell curve. What? that you wrote about in Bell Curve are you seeing uh, now that you, know, that, that you were that you found you think that you were right about well in the Bell Curve which was actually not about race it was about the role of IQ in changing the social structure of the United States mm-hmm. because high IQ has gotten a lot more valuable than it used to be and the value of a strong back has gotten a lot less than it used to be and, and my co-author and I said in that book, we are heading in the direction of a caste society where you have on top an elite that have been lucky enough to have the kind of mental set, skill set that allows them to gain influence and power and lots of money, who are increasingly separated from the rest of America, who increasingly holds the rest of America in disdain, and who, who doesn't understand the priorities and the problems of the rest of America. And John, I would say to have said that in 1994, and looking back on it right now, you got to say, as predictions go, that one wasn't bad. Yeah, I got I got less than a minute. I'm up against a hard break, so I got to ask a last question for Charles Murray. If we've reached the point of no return, that means we're about to run out of time. How much time do we have left, and how do we fix it? I think that we got to take seriously the notion that we discard every law every program that preferentially treats one group of people, of one race of people, over another. It was bad when we did it during uh, the segregation days. It's bad when we're doing it now. If we stop it, 90% of the racial polarization is going to go away. Politically practicable? Not now, but we better make it practicable. The book is uh, Facing Reality, Two Truths About Race in America. Charles Murray, thanks for being on the show. Good, I hope to have you on again. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, and we'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Five days after a beach condo collapse, Miami-Dade Fire Chief Rescue Assistant Chief Ray Janela says it's not 
Time to wind down the search and rescue operation in Surfside, Florida. There's a misunderstanding in regarding that everyone believes that the, the search and rescue operation should uh, cease after a specific time, and, and that's far from the truth. In the end, there's numerous variables and facts. It's not based on opinions. It's not based on time. It's not based on you know a specific area you just happen to see on TV that went down. It's based on variables and facts. Ten bodies have been recovered. 151 people remain missing. Officials continue to stress that there will be a thorough investigation as to what caused the collapse late last week, although it may take time. On Wall Street, stocks remain mixed. The Dow is down 187 points. The Nasdaq ahead 120. This is SRN News. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Metal Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage maker. For all licensing information, go to AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. Dr. Sebastian Gorka steps up for the people. If you want to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. When a government refuses to actually be a representative government, the ultimate guarantee of our freedom is the people. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The answer. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help you get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream bed sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me, which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. And Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You will receive two for one low price plus free shipping. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code STAG. That's where you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Progressive Motorcycle presents Road Wisdom from the Motor. Half man, half If you missed a turn, there's always another turn. Take it to get back to the turn you missed. Use your turns. Progressive Motorcycle also presents Roadside Assistance. Progressive Motorcycle for those who were born to ride. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. On outbound 28, we're looking slightly better from Grand Avenue to the Highland Park Bridge. Still about a 10-minute delay, and the off-ramp to the bridge is shut down through September. Let's check out Liberty Bridge outbound. Some delays there as you make your way up to PJ McArdle Roadway. Parkway East outbound, slowing Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Parkway West starting to clear up nicely. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight we'll see partly cloudy skies. It will be humid with a nighttime low of 71. Becoming cloudy, hot, and humid tomorrow with a thunderstorm in one or two spots of the afternoon. We'll see a high tomorrow of 90. A thunderstorm in spots tomorrow evening. Otherwise, partly cloudy skies and humid, low 71. Wednesday will be cloudy with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. It'll remain humid with a high of 85. With your Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. 
The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Yeah, I stopped buying Nike products a while ago. Uh, slave labor is kind of a turnoff for me. And if you thought Nike cared about being associated with a country that employs slaves and commits genocide, well, their CEO, John Donahoe, said, uh, cleared that up uh, this weekend when he said, quote, Nike is a brand that is of China and for China, unquote. I'd call that uh, doubling down. Gabe Kaminsky is an intern at the Federalists and a student at Pitt. He did some research into Nike's partnership with the Red Chinese, and he joins us now. Gabe, thanks for coming on again. John, thanks for having me again. Are you, are you still a student at Pitt? I'll be a senior in the fall, yeah. Okay, so uh, this is interesting to me because I just had, as my previous guest, uh, 78-year-old Charles Murray, who's written some pretty oh, interesting... Wow. Pretty uh, interesting books, and I go from that to a, a guy who's still in college. So I kind of like that. I like the fact that I covered the whole spectrum here today. Uh, and I, as I told you before, I'm, I'm so impressed with what you are able to put up there, and you're, you, you've become a, a, a pretty widespread uh, author out there on various uh, platforms. Uh, for a, a guy still in college, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. But uh, the piece that I wanted to talk to you about was uh, Nike. And they, they has Nike, uh, this piece you wrote about them, is, um, has Nike backed off at all since they uh, were accused of benefiting from slave labor? Well, absolutely not. As we saw, the Nike chief executive officer, John Donahoe, uh, in a call with Wall Street analysts said, as you said, quote, Nike is a brand that is of China and for China, which was pretty, which is pretty much in alignment with how the company has acted in regard to China. The company partnered with Coca-Cola and Apple uh, last November to lobby against a, a, uh, a bill to, uh, to restrict, uh, to impose various restrictions on uh, importations from the Xinjiang region, uh, whereas, uh, which is where about 80% of the cotton um, comes from in China, which is sourced, um, which is sourced from forced labor with Uyghur Muslims and other minorities. So China has uh, pretty much just stayed the course. I mean, sorry, excuse me, Nike has completely stayed the course and uh, clearly very questionable behavior. Yeah, I, I went shopping for some shoes just a few weeks ago, and uh, it's harder to find them when you don't buy Nike. Um, uh, but I don't. Uh, I mean, I just I've I've decided I'm not. I know that's not going to make a big difference to Nike. But uh, I just decided I'm not buying them anymore. Um, but uh, and I found a pair of shoes that weren't Nike. They're pretty nice. But um, what did Donahoe say about the issue of slave labor? Donahoe is not. Uh, I mean, he pretty much deflected on the issue of slave labor. I, I know that essentially Nike in the past. So they released a statement in March saying they do not source their products uh, from slave labor, which clearly given that about actually it's 85% of cotton that comes from China in that range, 80 to 85%, it's highly dubious that, that Nike is not sourcing cotton from the region where uh, there is forced labor camps. Um, Donahoe also said, quote, we have been in China for over 40 years, and that, quote, the biggest asset is consumer equity. It's real. I saw it in my first week on the job. So look, Nike is putting um, putting fiscal uh, putting putting their money obviously financial goals over moral responsibilities. Yeah, and what what is uh, is what, he's talking about consumer equity? What 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 is that? I don't even know what that is. I mean, equity is their favorite word now, but I, I I don't. What what is consumer equity? Anybody know what that is? Did you figure that out? So I honestly, I, to be honest, I'm not 100% sure what he means by consumer equity. Obviously, what we see today uh, in what is referred to as equity on the left, that means equality of outcome. Right. Um, I think I think that essentially he is just trying to deflect in that regard and saying that we um, we are fine, you know, doing business with any number of countries in the sense of consumerism um, in that sense. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think what it is is if you're if you're a liberal and you're questioned about anything, within I don't know two or three sentences of your answer, if you throw the word equity in there, you're you're covered. You just it, it covers just about everything for him. I think, I think that's what they use it for. Has, is he uh, so? Is he telling the truth about Nike not benefiting directly from the Uyghur slaves? 
sorry, repeat that question, John. Uh, is he's still he's out there um, saying that that um, Nike's not benefiting all that much from the Uyghur slaves, but there's proof that they are, isn't there? Well, Nike profited immensely in China, so we know that as a whole. Uh, 1.9 billion dollars for a three-month period that ended on Thursday when earnings came out. That's 17% more from the year prior. Um, I mean, Nike is clearly profiting immensely from China. Uh, and I think it's just a matter of this is something that we need people in Congress to, uh, to, to intimately investigate. And so we are 100% aware of the relationship that China has with the communist China government, which clearly is not going to, based on what we know, based on their coronavirus reporting and other things, I think we can be pretty confident that they're not going to be transparent on certain numbers of importations or certain numbers of where those importations are coming from. Right. And, and Nike, Coca-Cola, and Apple all talked a, a good game about being opposed to uh, benefiting from slave labor, but uh, they're not uh, walking the walk, are they? Well, absolutely not. I mean, these are three companies that clearly have a major stake in the China economic sphere, three companies that are very big in America in general. I mean, think about Apple. Obviously, um, basically every part of your iPhone is coming from perhaps China or Taiwan. So I think that these are three companies that Americans should 100% be at least guarded on. And I think that we should um, look, I mean, if conservatives talk, the left is very effective at boycotting and, uh, and voicing their opinions on products. I think if the right has a genuine stake in certain morals, then they have to say at a certain point, I'm not going to buy Nike shoes. And um, how many other global companies continue to benefit from that slave labor? I mean, it's not just those big three. There are lots of them. I, I'm not sure the exact number, but I mean, if you think about the, the amount of companies that are coming from China, I know there was a BBC report um, that listed, I, I believe, close to more than 100 companies, I believe. So, I mean, think about, you know, the American, for, for years, obviously, we've shipped jobs overseas, and, and that's, that was obviously a big part of how Trump got elected, is they were rebuke to this sort of globalism where we're just handing dollars to China. And, um, and uh, do, you, do you find people your age showing any reluctance to buy Nike, Coke, or Apple products? Are they uh, people your age aware of what's going on over there? I would say that you don't see people my in my generation um, with a reluctance to purchase those products, but I don't I don't know if you see people in any generation in America right now in, in any broad regard um, that is that is you know deflecting from those products. I mean, those three very uh, widely successful products in America. I guess the point, John, is that um, I think as conservatives or just people with a moral compass, we need to start to think: okay, how can we push back against companies that are uh, just fundamentally supporting things that are not even political, but just immoral and, and vastly immoral slave labor. Yeah, well, and it's but it's the hypocrisy of it. Um, you know, people like uh, LeBron James running around, uh, and you have the entire NBA with their social justice campaign and uh, the slogans on the back of their jerseys. And the jerseys, there's a chance that the, the cotton used to make the jerseys was picked by Uyghur slaves. Yeah. Which is uh, well, you, pretty amazing when you think that, that, that it's all about systemic racism and the, the remnants of slavery here in the United States, and they're, they're supporting it. They're, they're not just supporting it, they're making millions of dollars off it. Right, you have the NBA, these exorbitantly paid athletes who are fine to get out there and, and get in the streets and protest for Black Lives Matter, um, basically Antifa, the same movement, really. Um, and, and they, you know, obviously they claim that there's systemic racism in America, um, but then, uh, you know, they're, they're lamenting this sort of struggle, right, supposedly. But, of course, at the same time, NBA is tied at the hip with China, whether that be on the shoes, whether that be, obviously, endorsements. Uh, NBA is very prominent in China in terms of going overseas and conducting trips. So, uh, clearly, there it is no secret um, why LeBron James and other athletes are a little more silent on China, or maybe uh, it is just because they are more bankrupt. Right. Mm -hmm. right. We're talking to Gabe Kaminsky. He uh, uh, works at The Federalist and various other uh, outlets. He's been uh, all over the place in the media, been on Fox News, been on this show a couple of times, um, and he's an intern at The Federalist and still a student at Pitt. 
I want to ask you a question about that, Gabe, because I'm still fascinated by that. Um, you're you're going to be a senior in the fall. Uh, how does a person like you go for? I mean, the the, the people at the Federals, which is a very uh, well run and a well respected um, media outlet uh, that doesn't mess around. They've got you as an intern, and they're giving you some pretty good assignments to write some really good pieces. How, how did that happen? How did you get your internship? Yeah, you know, it's been a really great opportunity uh, through the National Journalism Center, which is a program through Young America's Foundation, uh, also known as YAF. So that's a conservative nonprofit. Yeah. National Journalism Center is a program where college students apply um, and uh, you get placed at an outlet. So I'm not still in that program Um so I, I'm just stayed on to keep interning at the Federalist after uh, uh, that program, which you know I highly recommend for uh, any young people looking to get a start in journalism. Are you a Pittsburgh guy? I'm not from Pittsburgh. I'm from outside Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yet, but you ended up at Pitt. What what drew you to Pitt? Uh, so, so I actually transferred to the University of Pittsburgh uh, after my first year at a small liberal arts college. Uh, very liberal school uh, called Denison University in Ohio. I'm Small familiar school, with it. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So you know, I wanted to go to a bigger school. Um, certainly, in-state tuition with the University of Pittsburgh was a driving factor. I visited. A, you know, a very nice city. I, I think it's a very fun, vibrant place. Uh, certainly, the sports is a, a pull. I want to ask you about a couple other things you've written, uh, uh, not related to this one we've just been talking about, but I want to ask you another question about just. I'd like to get your perspective, being from your uh, age group. Um, do you, you're going to be a senior, so you've been around for a while in the college scene. Do you see any changes uh, based on what's happened with COVID, uh, what's gone on with the election, with Donald Trump? Have, have you seen changes one way or the other, uh, noticeable changes in, in people that you, your friends and people that you're in college with, based on just on their politics and how they view things? Anything changing? I think that the coronavirus, um, the riots, what we've seen the past year, in a sense, has brought, I think, Gen Z to both sides of the spectrum in very strong ways. So I think that you you see a lot of people who would have just been moderate or sat on the sidelines. I think they're seeing that that's not the case. I think you're seeing that people either have moved to the radical left or people have gone a little more to the right. Um, and so I think that, that that's one thing you see, because I think, you know, today it's very uh, it's very unimaginable how people could persist, you know, live in this political landscape right now and not have an opinion on things. Mm-hmm. I think things are so divided, so partisan, that just if you don't have an opinion, it's almost like, you know, everyone has to stand somewhere. So I think that you see a lot of young people shifting to uh, either side. I, I certainly think that my friends who are conservative have gotten more conservative. They have... Uh, they, they've certainly been, I guess, influenced by the Trump uh, populist movement that um, has rejected, you know, just total uh, corporate fetishization. Uh, and so you're seeing just, you know, variances in that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Trump, you, you've become a pretty prolific writer. As I said, you also have a piece up at the American Conservative. And the headline is, Be Wary of Talking Heads Adopting Trumpism for Clout. Are you suggesting that some politicians might be disingenuous? I think that politicians clearly have an incentive um, at, at this given time we're in, where Trump is clearly the most significant leader in the Republican Party, clearly the most influential person in terms of who, uh, in terms of the type of person that the voters uh, seek in a leader right now. And so I think clearly you're going to see that there are uh, there are those politicians because politicians are naturally opportunistic, seeking to capitalize on voters and, and where their heads are who I think can easily brand themselves as Trump individuals, Trump-aligned people, in order to advance through the system. And are swamp creatures just coming out of the swamp then, do you think, temporarily, and then planning to jump right back in if they can get away with it? I think that's something that clearly remains to be seen, right? I I certainly hope not. um, But I think after I read a piece by by this individual I know named Bryson Piscatelli, also in the American Conservative, he similarly talked about this, and I think, look, I think conservatives, Republicans, it, it's important to be on guard in terms of our own party. I mean, we, we know what happened the last you know, decade of the Republican Party, just catering to big business, catering to the rich, not really addressing 
uh, really, really social conservatism just focusing on tax cuts, tax cuts and all be all. So it'll be interesting to see where things go, but I just think that it's important for Republicans to be on guard for those, even even the GOP establishment itself, who certainly has been fundraising a lot off Trump. And it'll be interesting to see where their just platform goes. We're finishing up here with Gabe Kaminsky, who's, uh, I, I, I hesitate to call you an intern because your stuff does not look like it's written in any way by an intern, but that's what you officially are at the Federalist. Uh, I only have about a minute left. So um, where do you see uh, things going here at Pitt this, uh, this fall when you go back to school? Um, what's it going to be like there? COVID, uh, the, uh, wokeness, everything. What are you expecting for your last year there? I don't know what I'm expecting. So I believe I'll actually be abroad in the fall, John. I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm studying abroad in the fall, but I will oh. be back in the spring. Um, so so for the spring, look, I'm expecting. You know, one thing I, I will say about Pitt is, as I know people at other schools uh, who, who deal with a lot more, I think leftist kind of just complete takeover. I think that Pitt has not been, in my experience, as uh, uh, sort of leftist dominated. But I will say that, you know, it'll be interesting to see as we get closer to 2022 and 2024, the political clashes that clearly can occur uh, in a city such as Pittsburgh that obviously leans very far left. And there is very few uh, Republican, I guess, establishment uh, or not even establishment, just foundations in the city. Hey, Gabe, I always appreciate reading your stuff, and I like to have you on for lots of reasons, but the stuff you're writing is just really good, and uh, you should be really proud of what you're doing. I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks a lot, John. Okay, that's Gabe Kaminsky, and you can find him at The Federalist. You can find him all over the place, Uh, K-A-M-I-N-S-K-Y. Google him. I'll be right back. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. That offer's valid through 63021. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsoruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsoruspittsburgh.com. Have you heard? Rodents are taking over. According to various news articles, recent COVID-19 related disruptions have caused abnormal behavior in rodents, making them become more aggressive. Don't let your home or business be invaded with a disease-carrying rodent infestation. Keep them away with Plug-in Pest-Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-in Pest-Free. Using the active wiring in your home or business, Plug-in Pest-Free goes to work keeping rodents and pests away the more humane way without using toxic poisons or other harsh pesticides. Just plug it in. It's that simple. Now that's fair income. Stop the infestation and order yours today at gopestfree.com and receive a free hand sanitizer pen with every order using promo code PEN. That's gopestfree.com, promo code P-E-N. Gopestfree.com, promo code PEN. Don't spray and regret plug in and forget. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine and it's green so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial strength 
Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and $10 coupon using code PETS. That's $10 coupon using code PETS. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis950. Much cheaper than replacing your carpets. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, let's finish with some sports. Uh, I, one of the things about being around as long as I have, you, uh, when, when people mention an historic event or something that happened in Pittsburgh history, um, I can respond by saying I was there. Uh, and uh, it was um, how many years ago? 48 years ago? 51 years ago. 51 years ago, I guess it was. Um, that the uh, last game at Forbes Field was played. And I was there. And it was pretty amazing. And there's a picture up on the... Somebody put it up on Twitter, and I, I responded to just by saying I was there. But I remember the noise as I left the stadium, the, the ballpark. We were walking up uh, Forbes Avenue and uh, to go to our car to beat the traffic because it was a big crowd. And it sounded like uh, gunfire in the inside the... Um, Inside the, the the ballpark, because every the the wooden backs of the chairs were being snapped and broken, and people were taking souvenirs. It was pretty cool. But that was uh, 1969, so is that 52 years ago? And then there's breaking news from what could be my favorite uh, website, the Babylon Bee. The Raiders' Carl Nassib announced he was gay this week, becoming the first openly gay player in NFL history. Well, shortly after the announcement, uh, this is according to the Babylon Bee, he also announced he would be switching from football to soccer. I've come to the realization that I'm gay, he said in an emotional interview. And coincidentally, I will also now be playing soccer going forward. He said the realization that his true felt identity was as a soccer player coincided with his discovery that he was gay, but that the two don't necessarily have any kind of correlation. It's a complete coincidence, honestly, he said, as he removed his Raiders jersey and put on an L.A. Galaxy shirt. I like men, and I also like to lightly kick a ball around a field while not scoring any goals. There's no relationship between those two facts. Nassib added that it's hard for him to leave the Raiders as a gay man, but ultimately soccer is a better fit for him. The press then tried to ask him a question, but he flopped on the ground in pain, claiming to have been attacked by homophobes. I can't even describe I don't like to use the word hate, but boy, I just don't like soccer. And boy, is that a perfect description. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.